All right. Yes. He's not. He's not hiding anywhere, is he? Who? Zach. Zach. Yeah. No. Okay. No. <clears throat> okay. Okay. No. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So just just let you know those of us that are you know here right now, mm-hmm. you know, in on a little secret. See, I I I ended up shared a bed with Zach this weekend because he. It was adorable. It was. It was. <laughs> it was. So I'm not sweet. saying anything, but there might have been some spooning. <laughs> <laughs> well, so because comparatively speaking. He's a little guy. Mm, yeah. And he he really only takes up like that edge of the bed. Mm-hmm. And we're in a queen bed. And I can sleep on the and it just so happens that his side of the bed and my side of the bed are completely different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I'm used to sleeping on the one side and apparently he's used to sleeping on the opposite side. So and he's like, you know, I don't move around that much. You can you can we can share the bed and all that stuff. It's like, all right. <laughs> and I tell you what, that little bastard sleeps like a burrito. <laughs> I remember Troy woke up, uh, was laying or sitting up in the bed the next morning. He goes, "I think, I think Zach sleeps like a burrito." And I needed the explanation, so you'll have to give it to everybody else. So, so we're I'm laying there. And I'm, I'm laying on my side, right there at the edge of the bed, and I feel him kind of kind of move and do whatever and all of a sudden the covers go it's like (laughs) I gotta gotta pull them back and because you know it's a hotel bed so you've got like two sheets and a big comforter and Mm -hmm. every morning we get up and that comforter is in like in a a wad on the floor on his side of the bed and I mean it got to the point where I'm like tucking the blanket under my legs and I got a death grip on it and as soon as I feel it move I wake up and it's like no you don't yep <clears throat> the tuck and lock that's, oh, a, that is a, uh, that's a tried and true method right there <sighs> I thought it was awesome I had I had Gabriel as my, my bed buddy so that's yeah that was fine I kicked him a couple of times keep him in line but he was but you, but you weren't even asleep when you did that oh no not at all I did that just had a good measure yeah. Like he can't have too much fun whenever he's when he's doing stuff. So Especially sleeping. Especially sleeping. Oh and Girk, uh thank you. Plane trains and automobile reference. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Where's your hand? What's between, between two pillows? Two. That's not pillows. pillows. Oh my god. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Geeks Cant. The place where the cat's away and the mice will play. Uh, I am John Christian, the Dwarven DM, and uh, tonight, today, wherever it is that you are and whatever time it is that it is for you, I'm going to butcher this intro no matter what happens. (laughs) That's part of the brand. Zach's not here, and I don't have the script in front of me, so... Oh, uh, okay, hang on. You, you hang on. I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna reel it back. No, shut up. I'm gonna reel it back in. Hang on. Here we go. Okay. Nope. Shut up, Girk. Nobody asked you. Uh, don't fix it in post. It's fine. My name is John Christian. I'm the Dwarven DM, and tonight I am joined by uh, the my fellow Master of Ceremonies, Troy, Mayor of Fort Wayne, and Origins uh, Exhibitor Hall, Troy Sandlin. Greetings, everybody. It's good Ooh. to be back. And lolly ho, and oh my god, I'm so tired. You notice that, uh, and my brain, I can't use that as an excuse, though. 
I no, think that's even whenever I'm super primed and I've had a good eight hours sleep, maybe even a nap earlier in the day, that intro is going to pretty much be about standard, I think. So there is actually a reason why why Zach does that, but that's fine. That's, that's, that's the price of admission right there. It's that's worth right, it. Yeah. You're welcome, right. everybody out there. <laughs> You're, You're welcome. welcome. Whether You're you welcome. want it or not, you got yeah. it. Yeah, right on. Uh, so Troy, uh, we come to our audience, uh, f- after a five days of fun in the sun at, uh, Columbus at origins game fair, 2022. That's right. That's right. I wouldn't say fun in the sun cause we were inside most of the time. Well, uh, was- fun, f- when we didn't venture forth, it was like f- fun in the heat. That's true. Well, actually, you know what? It wasn't bad. It wasn't it bad until we got back. It got super hot by the time we ended up coming back, but I Sunday, thought it was pretty Sunday was rough. reasonable. Sunday was Most rough. Most of the time we were out Load, there. Loading out. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I see we got Girk, Drapsnat, Chaos 8, Casino Thanks, Business RPG, Bear Droid, Ulysses, and Super 8 Lurks. Everybody out there, thanks so much for, for joining us and for bearing with us with our technical difficulties. Uh, where do we want to jump in, back in? Well, let's just say sun. Yeah. We're talking about sunlight. We're talking about sun. Fun oh, in the sun, and you said gonna, that it wasn't sunny. I was going to say, let's get that piece of news out of the way that we can get to the fun in the sun. Yep, cool. All right. As I mean, people have uh, been paying attention to stuff going on in the community. Probably have heard the big kerfuffle. It's, uh, reg- it is quite a kerfuffle. Quite There's a, a there was a lot of fuff to cur. There was there was yeah. quite a bit. Uh, uh, centering around um, the quote-unquote power couple of Satine Phoenix and Jameson Stone. Apparently a bunch of people that they have worked with or whatever uh, have come forward saying that they have been treated poorly, haven't been paid for work, work has been stolen or used without uh, any... um, What's the word I'm wanting to use there, John? Compensation. Compensation or saying that this person did the work, not oh, you. Oh, credit. I got you. Credit. credit. That's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. See, I'm a little tired too. It's a good thing I didn't mm-hmm. do the intro. <laughs> um, yes, they. Well, they were supposed to be at Origins. I, I don't think they were. No, the team was there. I didn't see either either one of them. I saw their booth, and it, the booth looked really sad because there's not a whole lot to it. Yeah, there she was um, there. I saw her her handler. For lack of a better term, I think that's what you call them in the entertainment yeah. biz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, her handler was there. They were, I think they. I saw them walk the hall a couple oh, of times because I, I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I did, and it was like there were more than a couple of phones upright and recording mm, okay. while, while they were. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to go into the, the the grim and gritty details of everything. If you want to know about it. Just check out Twitter. It's all over Twitter. Mm, it's everywhere. Um, I will say this. I am glad that the individuals that have felt wronged and mistreated have found the strength to speak up. Mm-hmm. Because part of the issue was a lot of them were not speaking up because of the fear of being blackballed in the the RPG community. And most of them were creators of some sort. And 
but they have found they have found their voice. Um, I'm I'm assuming that it was one individual that kind of started the ball rolling, and everybody else was like, "Well, if they can do it, I can do it too." And they mm-hmm. got on, and they and they have they have given their side of the story, um, and that and that's pretty much all I wanted to say. I mean, it's out there, it's going on. If you want to know more, it's uh, Andrew just uh, posted a a link that you can go to to find information out. Um, I probably will not be sharing that in the doobly-doo for the podcast, but mm-hmm. it is there. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty damning really. And, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm just, I just hope that, uh, whatever negativity, you know, this came from, I hope that not only the people that, have been affected by Satine and Jameson can uh, get out what has been hurting them for so long. And also other people in other situations, hopefully they will see that uh, they do not have to suffer in silence when things like this, when they're bullied or threatened or anything like that, that they can, uh, that they can speak out and people are there to show support. Mm-hmm. So, so hopefully a good thing will come from this giant uh, shit ball. <laughs> <clears throat> this uh, this there, there's there are very few ways to polish this turd. As, yeah, uh, as yeah, it is, it is it is a huge turd sandwich. And yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you know it's not deserved to be a turd sandwich. I'm just saying it's, it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate thing. I had really hoped that you know with people that espouse being inclusive and uplifting and, and body positive um, background positive all of the all of this positivity that they espouse um, I expected better yeah I think that what I'll here's how what I'll say about of my bit is that <clears throat> there are, it is what's coming out is is frustrating to hear uh, that anyone would be treated the way that the, the, way, the way that folks are saying that they're being treated. Right. And so I, th- I think that what I will say to it is uh, for those of you that are utilizing creators and authors and writers to help with product, just take really good care of them, you know, and don't do it because you're going to get busted or you're going to get in trouble or anything like that. Just do it because it's the right, it's the thing, right thing, to thing to do. Right. And, um, and the same thing goes the other way around too, right? Writers and authors, when they, when there's somebody that's producing something and you're uh, and you're going to work with them, work well with them, work, uh, be uh, be kind and be positive on your side too. So I think I'm, I really would like to see the community. What we gain from this as a community, as a creative community in particular, mm-hmm. is not just a lot of anger and like yelling in, inside of a the can of Twitter or anything like that, but or just someone being canceled or. Uh, kicked out of the community or ostracized or become pariahs or anything like that. But at the very least, I hope that there's something that's the positive that comes out of it in that uh, there's a better dialogue between the, the both sides and both parties and things like this. And it's better behavior on from both ends because the truth will out a lot of times. And I'm sure that there's more than enough of this that's still going on. Oh yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, you know what? I think I need a. a I need a drink. I, I need a drink. Shall shall we uh, return for drinks, Troy? Return. Okay.
put your money where our mouth is. Or something. Let's restart. John, Troy, and myself get an itch to do some writing every once in a while, and when that happens, we publish it through World of Game Design. Head on over to store.wogd.com to find books like Oceanic Depths, Scrap Rats, and Motherload that feature design by your delightful and charismatic hosts. Again, that's store.wogd.com. I don't know, man. I don't know. What going on? Uh, no change. We're, they're saying we're still squeaky. You said that it was. Bear Droid said it was good. Don't let them mess with you. Oh, they're messing with us now. That's what it is. They're messing with us. Well, you know what? They want. They want more of this. Like what? Here's here's my thing. Is like the hot garbage dumpster fire that people are coming to into. Like they, these these goobers know what's going on, man. They like this is like. This is the show, anyway. Whenever it's Troy and and, why, and John, why are we? But the people that are coming in, all all two of those other new viewers that we had <laughs> that are coming in, going, yeah. What is this all, crap? All all the ones of new listeners mm-hmm. that we've got, the onesins and the ones. ones. No, nope, all going, of this is getting clipped. Stay, it's staying in. It's staying. And let's go. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Recap. Yes. So origins. Uh, let's do a quick recap. Uh, I had the fortune of bringing Gabriel with me once again. It was cool. Uh, he's gotten to come with. The last time that Gabriel came with me to Origins, it was just a play, and, and then I had an opportunity to run a couple. This was. Uh, that's not true, actually. This is because I, I keep forgetting about Origins, the weird one, Origins twenty twenty one. So the last origins that we technically had was uh, the really, really small micro origins. Where it was like there are hardly any people that were there last year in October. It was yeah, October. It was, it was, it was, like, no, it was September, September, wasn't it? September, October, something. Like yeah, that. it was September right going going right into October. Yeah, and so Gabriel had come with me to the the first time, and we we played, and I ran too because we had no real no choice. We were, they ran out of DMs. Uh, and then last year was while beyond the witch light ran some games and he got to help with the, uh, the booth with, um, with Fenway and Jasper's game day, which was cool. This time though was extra special because yes. Gabriel got to run his own games for Baldwin for the first time. I was so proud. So proud. He had five slots and there were two sessions in each for a total of 10, Learn to plays and got to run some of Andrew uh, Bashinsky's, uh, was it Sisterhoods of Sisterhood of Sisterhood the Blade? Sisterhood of the Blade, yep. yeah. And uh, it was pretty, it was it was cool. He uh, he said that he really enjoyed it. Kind of gave this is Gabriel's kind of like a, a quick and dirty of, of Gabriel's stuff. And uh, I think what I loved about it too is that he read the module in about like in a couple of hours, if at, at most. And he felt like he was ready to rock and roll. I tried to explain to him, um, like, you got to watch out, man, because you're not just running a game and everybody's having a good time. You're running a game and teaching everybody how to play D&D, which is kind of its own animal. So, um, yeah, so he ran he ran uh, 10. Actually, he didn't end up, not all 10 fired. Uh, eight of the 10 fired, I believe. 
And uh, he said he really enjoyed it. He had one stinker at his table that tried to play table captain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and did a pretty good job of running, t- of running table captain and trying to run Gabriel. Gabriel was pretty frustrated when he came away from the table. What was uh, what I loved, absolutely loved, though, is that there were about ten dungeon masters that were in the wing. We all went out to dinner right after after that stinker table, and there was like a lot of really good positive advice insights and enforcement on how to manage that kind of a table and really encouraged him. And that was cool. Cause it may, coming from me, I'm an idiot to him right now. Not really a whole lot that he'll, that he'll take to heart immediately. It's probably, it's going to take a couple of years before he, that it all sinks in, but there were a lot of people he really respected and appreciated. Well, that, that and the up. big thing, I don't know. I think, cause I don't remember where you were sitting during dinner. I think you were sitting down there. That's so, no, right there next to you. Yeah. Okay. So the thing, the takeaway that I had from Gabriel's experience as a first time convention DM is he got a compliment from someone. Oh yeah. Not to him, but to one of, uh, the bald man's, uh, right hand guys. Mm -hmm. And I know this person, I don't know, I don't know her, you know, extremely, extremely well, but I do know that she is not someone to pay compliments lightly. And it wasn't just a, oh, yeah, he's pretty good. It was a very emphatic, a very emphatic, glowing review of, you know, that he was doing a very good job. So that uh, that to me is a is a big feather Mm -hmm. in the cap. So I heard it from not just from that person, too. I heard it from several other DMs that were there. Some of uh, some buddies of ours and some of the admins and, of course, from Les. Like yeah. What higher what higher praise do you need than for Les to say that he did a good job, right? Uh, and he blew him up. So of course, as a dad, I couldn't be I couldn't be happier. It's pretty cool. Not just pretty cool. I'm, I'm not going to undersell it. It's awesome. It was re- really good. I was really proud of Gabriel. So, uh, and he, it was an experience that he didn't hate because he's going to do it at Gen Con again. He signed up for another five uh, slots for uh, five four hour slots. Yeah. For uh, for Gen Con. So right on. Go get him, Gabriel. Get him. Get him, duck. Yep. <laughs> Baby duck, that's right. Just them, them feet just a moving underneath the water while he's that's up right. there. That's right. Um, all right. So let me, let's do this then, Troy. Let's uh, let's kind of take a step back because we kind of like the rhythm. Let's make sure we get into the rhythm of this thing. Um what was the what was the kind of the big the big takeaway for for you? What was your your big the experience? How did the experience go for you? Because yours is a little bit different than mine. Yeah. Um, uh, I ran games and used uh, you kind of sat in the exhibitor hall and did a lot of the business side of things for World of Game Design. Yeah, uh, more so than I did this this time around. So from from a exhibitor perspective, how did it end up going for you? Uh, I thought it was a good it was a good convention. It still wasn't back up to where origins of the past were um we we sold well but Mm -hmm. again we didn't do crazy Mm -hmm. so you know and and that was across the board all of the uh all the vendors that i talked to uh had the same thing to say that you know they're not doing as well as they would have expected or they that they wanted to but for the size and the attendance of the con it was it was pretty on par, so I feel good about it. Um, got to meet a, lot, a ton of new people. Uh, made made connections as far as artists and writers go. 
other other booths and things like that. Um, so that was a that was a big takeaway for me. You know, making making new industry friends. Um, probably one of the big highlights for me personally was last year at Gen Con. Because remember, last year in 2021, Gen Con came before Origins, mm-hmm. which is weird. But last year at Gen Con, I met a family. Um, they are my boat family. I call them my boat family because they mm-hmm. live on a boat. And they, they sail up and down the East Coast. Um, so that was... And they, they came back. And that was really cool. And so I got to see them for a little bit. Um, didn't get to run them through any games, but... They are coming to Gen Con, and so I made a promise to them that I would put together a couple sessions because they've got the two little girls that are that are just fantastic, and uh, we're gonna do some uh, we're gonna do some haunted house exploring. I'm gonna I'm gonna take them through something that's not even out yet from from World of Game Design. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome. So let me ask you this: Let's we can talk a little bit about. Vault, like uh, Bear Droids got some questions in here that I think it's a good one too, right? So the, one of the things that Bear Droids asking about is um, organization. How much more organized this year was over last year? Completely different animal. Completely different animal. But I will say, it is Origins. Yes, it is. And it that is. It, and again, if you know, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So yes, it, it was much better organized this year, but it, it's still Origins. Uh, to that point, I pretty much had to be John all weekend. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> because, That's a shame. Because, like, the, the, one of the people that's supposed to be in the booth the entire weekend couldn't get an exhibitor badge. Mm-hmm. They, they messed up, and they assigned me a Game Master's badge. And they could have switched it. They could have given me a new badge. But it was like signing over your firstborn just to get them to print you a new badge, mm-hmm. and it, it was just—it was an absolute. It was—it was ridiculous. So that was minor, you know. That's a minor thing because we just would swap swap badges back and forth. But yeah, that was rather annoying. That uh, things things like that always seem to happen at Origins. There's always these weird little annoyances that pop up yeah let's see so i'm looking at this we're talking about organization i think something to keep in mind is volume and or an attendance of the uh of the of the event so kind of give you to give you an idea year for year since 2016 they gained between two one and two thousand attendees average each year so by 2019, it was 20,642 attendees, right? Which was cut in half last year. They said on paper, 10,476 attendees. Maybe. It sure Maybe. didn't feel like it. It sure yeah. didn't feel like it. It felt like there were like a couple five. thousand. Yeah, like five at most. That's definitely the way that it felt, right? This year, it did feel a lot fuller. Like there felt, yes. It felt like there were people... Not everywhere, everywhere, but everywhere in that there was there was somebody in every single hall. There was somebody in every single room. The dealers' hall had people going back and forth in it. I mean, like just there was like just volume wise, it definitely felt like there was a greater attendance. Yes, this year over over last for sure. 
it felt fuller. It did, it right? did feel a lot more. Um, yeah. And so that was that was just nice for no other reason than just like a sense of normalcy to the mm-hmm. convention. I mean, the the obvious non-normal things were there, right? So you had to have, uh, you had to be fully vaccinated and you had to wear a mask the entire time, which was a, kind of a last second thing. I, I think was, I, yeah. maybe it was Gen Con that just recently said that they were going to go with a full mask yeah. also. Gen, Gen Con announced on the first day of origins that they are going to be fully vaxxed, fully masked. Yeah. Which, is what it is. It still sucks. I mean, I can, I can not like. I don't have to like masks, right? But I will. I'll attend. Or I'll wear the mask without giving anybody a hard time about it either. Mm-hmm. There were some folks that, that were there where I kind of like had to give them the squinty side eye because they were just didn't seem to wear their mask for long stints of time. And then there were like at the very beginning of the first day in particular, there were several times where I saw a very hard nosed approach from the staff. Mm-hmm. When people would have their masks down and they weren't drinking something, weren't eating something, and they were just sitting there BSing, they would go straight up to them and say, where's your mask and why are you not wearing it? They would have like a, a pocket full of, of disposable masks with them that they were doling out. So they definitely took a uh, a harder, not harder approach, but like a, it was, you know, a, a keener approach actually to, to doing it. Aside from that, though, I mean, I'll think about it from like the from a dungeon master perspective, I got to run games for world of game design for the first time. That was pretty cool. And I got to run, uh, some really, really good content stuff that I've, I was, I was looking, really looking forward to. I've never really considered myself a much of an aficionado or even a fan of Mayan culture or mythology or anything like that. But, um, in prep for the Mayan epics stuff that I wrote, I read, excuse me, and, uh, and played for Wagdi, um, I did a lot of additional research because I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I don't, I don't want to half-heartedly do something like that. I'll try to be respectful to the material. Um, and so Zach pointed me to a couple of videos that I could, I could watch to kind of get me into the, into the vibe and, into the film. and by the end of it, man, I really, really enjoyed, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought that I would because it's just not completely alien, but it's definitely not something that I'm, I'm used to running out of. Right. right. Uh, but I really enjoyed the primitive setting for uh, what is it's uh, for the for Mayan epics. The uh, everything is bone and stone and flint and iron and things like that are pretty much not uh, not heard of at all. Um, and the players really enjoyed it. What? What you got? Oh, the uh, uh, Paradroid. Did you read the old uh, Mastika books? Mastika books. If, if you didn't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair because they are very much like you know TSRs, uh, just like what they do with Oriental, Oriental Adventures. Adventures yeah. yeah, it's like oh, let's take all of the different cultures and smush them into one. Yeah, no, this was very like Mayan is Mayan, right? And the the product is very distinct, distinctly Mayan. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. There were there were three adventures that we ran over the course of the week. Uh, and we, they were at the spotlight tables. One of the yeah. things we learned about the spotlight tables is no one cares. It's not much of a spotlight. Yeah. It's like, I would just assume to been in the other rooms with the rest of the Wagdi, uh, uh, Wagdi material that was being played. So, or, and ran. So, uh, it was out in the open. It was really noisy. The tables were super narrow and there's wasn't really much of a spotlight. It's just kind of like crammed in there with everything else. So, uh, and there was just, I think there were like the whole strip. There were like 12, to 15 rows of, of different uh, games that were being played by uh, 
in in the spotlight area. So it's not like it was really super exclusive and out in the open kind of being promoted. It was just like a really noisy area where you can run games is where it kind of turned out to be. But mm-hmm. we made it work and we had some great players that came to the tables that were very, very excited about the material. Um, and then uh, we didn't have as much attendance in those tables as I had hoped sometimes, but the people that did show up, they were super engaged and they're just the kind of players that you want at the table to enjoy yep. stuff with you. Uh, let me ask you this, Troy. So how did it, how did it go run in the booth? I mean, like from like the top to bottom perspective, how does Orig, origins stand out from some of the other ones that you've run where if like from an organizational standpoint or I mean, whatever, is there any, is there any standouts from being an exhibitor that kind of stand out for origins explicitly? Uh, I loved how much space we had. Yeah. We, we had a double booth. So the yeah. walk D hole made a return. It sure did. Yeah, buddy. It was great. Yeah, I'll be back um, there. Yeah. Uh, so that was nice. Um, Really, I mean, really having having a booth there that's 100% Wagdi this time around. This is only the second time that's happened for us. So I feel like it went well. I can't really compare it to last year because, you know, we weren't even in the normal area for the dealer's hall. Mm. So it was kind of a very strange conglomeration over there last year. Um. I thought we had decent booth placement. Um, mm-hmm. We were towards, I, I thought so too. towards the back in the middle of the entire hall. So that mm-hmm. was kind of what was really nice is we were like, one, there was a bathroom like right over there. Yeah. And then just a little ways over was the loading dock. So that mm-hmm. made it really nice. Um, we had, we were really close to a lot of really good booths too. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot, a lot, of, really, a lot, like, a lot of cool a lot of people. people. A lot of yeah, cool really people. cool. Exactly. Um, one thing I will say is, if you plan on attending Origins, make sure you get some nice squishy shoes. Oh boy! Because it is raw concrete, baby. Oh, it is. It was like my back was fine, my feet were were okay, my ankle like it was just punishing. That that concrete is hard as friggin' donk. So yes, get really good, well padded shoes or a really good insole if you're. Yeah, get you some Origin Crocs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Origins Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else, man? Like, uh, you know, I think that ultimately the best part of the con is always the same thing. It is. Uh, okay. So let's just talk about it. So yeah. we had some really, uh, I will start off with some, uh, we had a really cool, um, booth neighbor gamer concepts and just want to show you my uh, shirt here. Oh for yeah. Those, for those that can't see, it is the tomb of horrors um green skull and in the uh, area of the disintegration mouth it says uh free ice cream <laughs> god i love that shirt i love it um <laughs> so you got that they have um some laser cut mdf um different things for dice and whatnot um i will put their contact info in the doobly-doo but they have a lot of cool shirts there mm. was that one um i've got a couple other shirts that they're too far away to grab right now but uh I'll probably be getting more. So yeah, gamer concepts, uh, fantastic. Um, also, like right across from us was our friends from uh, Limitless Adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Hand, Andy um, Hand, and Andy and Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they were there. They did. I think they did very well. I don't think there was too often that I looked over at their booth and there wasn't people over there. 
So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we had, we were surrounded by some cool people and then we got to walk, walk around and check stuff out. John, what was, as far as booths go, what was the highlight for you? The highlight booth. What was the number one? Oh my God. Get out of here. It's this, it's been, it's the same one, two years in a row, man. Like I couldn't, I couldn't love friggin' free league any more than I already do. It's awful. I mean, but Doug is just Doug and the, is and the, the guy, man. Doug is the dude, and the guys at the free league booth are just super, super passionate about the stuff that they're they're doing. It is absolutely mm-hmm. infectious, and it's not a pitch. That's the best part about it. Yeah. Every time that I went to that book, that booth, no one pitched me anything. Which look, I'm, I'm that doesn't hurt my feelings if somebody does pitch me something. I I, I totally yeah, expected they're the they're not there just for you know a good time that's kind of a byproduct of it, but they're there to sell the product and they're trying to get, you know, get in, in the mind's eye of people and they're trying to, they're trying to move product. That's, that's great. That's what I want that for them. Right. So I don't begrudge that at all, but it is just refreshing at the same time, even in that kind of environment that they're excited about the product. And so, um, you know, yeah, I, it was great just going through everything that they had out there already. A lot of it, like for at free league, they didn't have a ton of, I think that the newest thing that I I got a uh, got my mitts on was finally got uh, Twilight, uh, two thousand. Yep. The, so did I. Uh, the uh, the World War Three, a post World War Three post apocalyptic setting, which is just oh my god! It's and it's so, so like good. the mechanics of it are so good. The so dice, good. oh my god! Just shut up and get out of my face. The the, the year zero engine with those dice, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, really it's good. good stuff. Um and. Just to let everybody know, Doug will be coming on the show. Um, yes, not necessarily talk about free league stuff, but we might be able yep. to get some, you know, squeeze some of that out of you. But uh, we've got a topic that we want to touch on with Doug that was kind of oddly uh, uh, syncopated with uh, Mister Mister John over there. Oh man, it was great. Like first of all, again, like just talking to Doug was great. And oh then yeah, it's great to see the, the topic came out organically, and we're about like a. A tenth into it, and Troy goes, "Stop! This needs to be the topic." Whenever Doug comes on, so we immediately had to like we had to shut it down, which sucked because I was like right in the throes of this like going, this back and forth repartee with, with with Doug. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have Doug, which on is show. kind of the best part of doing that too, is to watch them go. It's okay. So, like a quick sidebar on that, by the way, uh, I had to. I had some some new hot uh, not new hires but I'm like uh, new team members on my team that I that I introduced myself to today. Found out that one of them is a pretty big uh, Harry Potter fan, and I mentioned that it's like what, about oh. like about how we the, uh, the running gag that uh, Voldemort sure sounds like he's having a stroke every time he's he uh, he says that spell. And what did they uh, say? They said, "Well, what? Is, well, do it for me. Like do the do the voice." I'm like, "Nope, nope, yeah. nope. I am I am your manager." And I will not, I cannot, you cannot see that side of me or you will never respect me and never listen to anything that I ever say again, ever. I'll send him the episode. Um, <laughs> He'll send the link. So I think, I think now we're gotten to the point where, you know, we've been off the rails and kind of the episodes kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And everything. Let's just, let's just uh, shotgun it. Cause bear droid asked, was there any new systems that I'm excited about? Or yeah. That we're excited about? So yes, let me show you this. Mazes from level yes. nine games. This was kickstarted not too long ago, and I, like a dummy, didn't back it. But 
uh, walked by the booth. Uh, Zach picked it up first. And I'm like, well, that's pretty interesting. So I went over and checked it out, and Patrick pitched it to me from level nine. And it's kind of a, it's old school adventuring with new school mechanics. And you've got these big chunky dice that you can get with it, which are really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Cards and some tokens to represent treasure. And basically, what it is, you know, whatever type of a character you are, that's the die that you use all the time. So if you're a D4 kind of character, you use a D4 the whole entire mm-hmm. time. And that's not to say that, oh man, that's going to be horrible. Nope. The, the mechanics work with that in mind. And I know John just got a huge kick out of this when I when I told him I picked this thing up because uh, yes, look what I got. <laughs> I, I got, got a the, DM screen. I got the DM <laughs> screen. But but this is the information to play the game. And of course, uh, those of you seeing this, it means absolutely nothing to you because it's just a bunch of numbers and stuff. But uh, very simplistic. And, and here's the character sheet. That's all. That's all you need. That little half a page. Um, and I will tell you this, the, the true, not only does it look like a cool game, it looks like fun, but the big reason, <laughs> traitor, <laughs> thanks, <Kurt. laughs> um, the big reason I, I backed or I picked this up because I'm going to take you back, take you back with me to the 1980s to a game called the dark tower. Mm. It's an electronic game, had a big plastic dark tower that was set in the middle of this circular kind of board. There were four kingdoms on this board, and you traveled through uh, through the kingdoms to raise troops and find treasures and weapons and wizards and, and whatever else to help you fight the dark tower and its minions. And everything was ran through the tower. It was an electronic game, and you'd push buttons, and it would it would tell you, you know, if you were if if you go to the sanctuary, oh no, you're 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 sick, or you've gotten lost, or you were attacked by brigands, and and the combat would go through the difference engine in the tower. As a kid in the eighties, that I my mom was so mad at us because we played it for an entire summer almost every day. And we spent a fortune in D-cell batteries. She she hated that game. But uh, Restoration Studios, I believe is the, is the name of the, of the company, they have redone the, the electronic game with a new tower. And, and it does so much more, obviously, than what the old game does. And it only runs on AA batteries. So that's kind of nice. But Level 9 Games is using mazes to make the Return to Dark Tower role-playing game that is based on the Four Kingdoms and the, and the Dark Tower and all that cool stuff. So, being such a huge fan of it, I wanted to get involved in that. And actually, the Kickstarter for the Return to Dark Tower is going on right now. So if you went in on that action, there you go. So that's that's one from me, John. What you, what 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 about you? For new systems, um, well, okay. Let me take a quick quick step back, right? So 
Uh, I know that we're kind of all over the place. There's just so we're much over, we're over. stuff that happened. People. It was just like between we play, we ran the hell out of games the entire week. We ate great food. We talked. We spent time with our friends. We uh, got very little sleep, which was great. Drank a lot of coffee in order to keep ourselves going. But uh, there were two things that were the highlight for me. And I'll save the the last thing, the best for last, right? But definitely, I love uh, I love walking the hall with Troy. It's just a highlight for me because uh, it goes beyond just the fun of looking at stuff that you're going to end up buying. And it really boils down to like just interacting with people. And Troy is just a really great, he's good at interacting with people. There's a reason why he's the mayor of Fort Wayne. Like people know who <laughs> Troy is because he's just so freaking good at, you know, chatting people up, disarming them with his personality. Sorry, Troy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna go off script here a little bit, and not. And I'm actually going to compliment you instead of just harangue you. Like we usually do. I gotta color correct the video because I'm gonna end up blushing. (laughs) But it's 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 great, and it's it's just it's a treat to do it, and it's I learned a lot from watching him interact with other people, and I I was just along for the ride. I would I literally said, all right, I'm ready. It's like Sunday afternoon or Sunday around Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. I was like, all right, I'm ready. Let's do this. And then I was like, I'm following you. And I just went along for the, for the ride. So, but the, I, but the, to, to Andrew's point, Andrew says schmoozer. No way, man. It's it, genuinely Troy is going from person to person. And he's just trying to make, it's a make, a making a human connection with people mm-hmm. and finding out about the things that they like and complimenting on the, on the things that they're doing. And it's like, I mean, it's not like I'm not doing that too, but it was just, uh, it was great. And so that was like, yeah. that is, that was easily my favorite thing. But the byproduct of, of that going and doing that with you both times, both when we did it at origins last year and then this year, I'm really looking forward to Gen Con because the floor is going to be huger. That's a word, right? It's going to be huge. bigger. It, it is now huge. It's going to be huge. They're going to be huge. It's gonna, the floor is going to be huge. They're going to be, you know, probably 10 times as many vendors to visit. And really we're not visiting vendors. We're visiting people, people, that are really passionate about what they're doing and they've got something that they're really passionate about that they want to, they want to express to you. Right. And so I want to, I like being that, that audience for them. Um, And so, yeah. So going through the hall was amazing. Uh, Some of the things that we, that I got are, I saw uh, alchemy. That was mine. That was one of my big ones was alchemy. The new one, a newer new ish or new. Yeah. Uh, Troy is showing a, a picture that yeah, brand new. Uh, it is a new virtual tabletop and oh, it is slick. slick. It looks, it looks really, really good, but look, it can be all flash and no sizzle. Uh, they, we went through the, one of the co both of the co-creators were there. Actually. I think the, there was an engineer and then there was a designer that were both there. I think Chris was the, Chris was the guy going to talk to us. And, and then it, Nick, I think was the other guy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll find those out and we'll, we'll fix I, it. I think it was Isaac. Isaac, you're right. It was Isaac. And then, but the, between the two of them, they didn't just answer questions about like functionality and features in these in the the VTT for me. I'm a de, I'm a developer and an engineer, so for me, I wanted to know more nuts and bolts type stuff about their data architecture. Their like, it's on the cloud. Where's it out on the cloud? Is it AWS? Is it Azure? And like, and how are they? Like, how are they uh, handling scaling? Because one of the things with Roll20 that always frustrates me is that uh, Friday and Saturday night come come along and everything turns into soup. 
uh, on the servers and everything gets really slow and gets buggy. And so how are they managing things like that? And they had really great answers, like legitimate answers, not just stuff that was on a crib sheet that they were reading off of. These guys actually know what they're talking about. And it just looked good. And so that's one thing. Stability is really important. And uh, the capability of the system is one thing. But um, I think that a couple of things I love about Alchemy is it looks good. It's the fee- it's feature rich, but it's servicing an underserviced part of the community. Yeah. That is, And that underserviced is everything but Dungeons and Dragons in a, in a virtual tabletop. And it and it works really really well for a lot of these other of these other game systems that are out there. And they've got a ton that they just they just went live or not just but the last six to eight months they've been live and uh, they've got a lot of really good uh, good systems that are already out there. Free League's got a, a lot yeah, of stuff that's out so, there. Uh, what is it? Hit Points Press is that the one that does Humblewood? Humblewood. Humblewood. I mean, yeah. um, and the other I I totally. Re- forgot the other setting that uh hit point press does that was created for alchemy yeah it's, um, it's a it's a weird name with an a what was what i thought was yeah. brilliant though is that chris referred to it as their mario yeah it's their right, mario so the, to their super which is brilliant the way that the way that they looked at this thing is they looked at their, their tabletop as which was an, like with me being a giant retro nerd god help me it was a it was the perfect sale pitch for me mm-hmm. but the way they looked at it is they look at the vtt as a as a console, right? It, it's a, it's an NES. And so whenever they released their console, they released a super Mario brothers duck hunt along with it. And that's their, their custom setting. And it comes along, it comes with, uh, it comes with the VTT and everything. It, it kind of showcases all the best parts about it and what makes it so good. And uh, just, and uh, we're going to have to really, you have to see it to really get it right. We're going to have those guys on. Yeah, we talked about having them come on and do a demo for us and, and do a walkthrough. Uh, they're just like, I think there are about a dozen different, uh, or more and, actually, and more. a dozen or more Gooey, settings. Gooey Cube, and, Gooey Cube's yeah. having their stuff. Yeah, Gooey Cube's out there. Uh, 1985 had some stuff that was out yeah. there too. Uh, some Barum I saw was on there. It was already on there, yeah. Yeah, it's already on there. Oh. So there's a lot that's already in the can uh, that they're going to, and, and the great thing is like they're the whole thing is going to be centered around Everybody that's not D and D having a shot at using this thing mm-hmm. and, and being including fully D&D. featured. Well, no, no, including D and D for D&D. sure. But it's it is a it's all th- it's not going to be necessarily all things to all people, but all access to all creators are going to have access to this thing, and they'll have an like a workshop and a storefront uh, where you can get your stuff out there and make it a lot easier to to, to incorporate with than Roll Twenty is because Roll Twenty is a nightmare to incorporate. I can yeah. tell you from, from yes. experience. And if I remember correctly, it's not just a VTT, but it's also going to be very similar to a, a D&D Beyond. Yes. With all of the content mm-hmm. from their different partners uploaded so that it meshes right into mm-hmm. the VTT when you're using it. So you just need to pull in stuff. And, and, and it's sexy sh- as hell. Oh, my gosh. Is, the oh, guys, the UI crazy. and the interface is, is, is super, super slick. Presentation's phenomenal. And like the, the kind of like wiki functionality that it has where you're able to start adding in your own lore and tidbits and things like that in there the way that it work the, the way they've worked it out is it's seamless it doesn't look like this ham-fisted ad addition it looks like everything else that's really really well put together out there the design approach is, yep. is really really good and then um with that so there's like a 
a DM view and a player view and all that good stuff with it. But again, it's one of those things you kind of have to see it to really get it. So I'm really excited about having them on and doing a demo for us and doing a walkthrough of it. Yes. Uh, sometime very, very soon. Troy though, uh, Troy got sold. Like, like well, me too. That's he not, cha- that's he, not there. No, no Chris, was, challenged me. Chris challenged me. He did. That's true. He threw, he threw down the garlic and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> so Troy got one of the founder bundles. Right. Which are it's about what would you say about five hundred dollars in product Probably. for a hundred bucks? Yeah, it's awesome. And I, well, I ended up picking it up too. I couldn't pass on it. Yeah. And then we and had John was like, "Well, things. no, I'll just I'll just check yours out when you get right. loaded up stuff." All right, cool. The Troy went back to the booth. I circled right back around and picked it up. <laughs> I just couldn't yeah. help and, myself. And didn't tell me he didn't tell Until me he, he, he stuck. But yeah, so did that, um, which was really cool. And then. We walked by our buddies at 1985 Games, who was not too far from our booth. Yeah, yeah. 1985 Games are the ones that do those uh, box sets of flat cardstock terrain pieces. And I've talked about them before in past uh, crowdfunding corners and things. You cut them out, you throw them out, you got trees and buildings with roofs, you know, all that kind of stuff. They have map assets on... Mm -hmm. uh, alchemy which i thought was really cool yeah. um but yeah great guys at uh at 1985 games um gave us a little you know some little sneaks as to what they might be coming out with next and yeah they, well they, they even told us one in particular that i think we can probably reveal i want to hear more about it from them but uh let me do this i'm, I'm going to transition over really quick visually for those of the you know that are actually seeing at home you can kind of see the their booth set up there at alchemy and you can see a little bit about their the ui and all that good stuff Oh, but I think yeah. one of the things that I, I asked them about is like, look, in today's age, one of the things that's a critical p- component that is not is missing from every virtual tabletop is ease of use in streaming and like some kind of a streaming component. Guess what, folks? That's coming out in the next quarter. That is something they are currently gearing up for in the next three to four months. You're not going to need an OBS or a stream labs or anything like that. You can stream directly. Uh, well, I don't think you'll be able to stream directly out of Alchemy necessarily, but you can essentially use your when that went your window as the stream, and, and the videos will be incorporated into it. Your, your all of your audio, uh, everything will be all in that one screen. So screen. So all you have to do is essentially hit the publish or start stream button uh, for that window or that uh, that screen, and you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Instead of having to move a bunch of crap around and uh, because. Like for those of you that have ever done it before, overlays are a nightmare or difficult to uh, to work with, and there's definitely a learning curve to them. So yeah. I thought that was a pretty pretty smart approach to it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Going to be integrated. Okay, so what's next? Uh, let's see here. I think okay. So from going from let's see, there was alchemy. Um, man, I just I came away with a lot of crap. I bought way too much stuff. I came home. And I had just like a box and some more to to dole out. My wife looked at looked at me a little bit cross eyed after it. And I said, "I promise I'll get you something nice." As a, as a, as a I'm sorry, <laughs> I <couldn't help. laughs> there was so much stuff that was so good about it. Uh, so let's see. I think that's what we could do. I'll uh, I'll kind of walk everybody through some of the stuff that I got in particular at some of these different places. So first of all, at the Wogdi booth, I picked up pretty much everything that. Then it been published by World of Game Design. So um, the, the Forgotten Solar Temple, 
was the the precursor to uh, the big Mayan epic book that came out pretty recently. I got I got that, and that's something I. It's the big Mayan book book has that incorporated into it, so I got that to have to give to somebody else to get them interested in the Mayan epic stuff. Picked up Captain Hearthstyle's uh, Guide to Rare Dragons, The Lights of Winthrop Manor, which is phenomenal, by the way. I already started reading through that. It's really good. Uh, the Desert Moon of Karth, which is a, uh, a mothership uh, adventure. And I also picked up for uh, the, the uh, Player's Guide to Orinth. Um, in addition, I got The Knights of the Shadow Realm, which is the uh, as um, a first through 20th level adventure. We talked about It's one of the first things we talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. So I finally got my copy of it. I never, I never got my own. Uh, I got Twin Gods of the Apocalypse, the campaign source book for the Mayan Adventure. Picked up Den of Assassins, which Troy adroitly uh, pitched to people as as the John Wick of D anD D, and it totally is. It's, it, I couldn't have come up with a better description for it. Then we went to the Hit Points booth, uh, Hit Points uh, Publishing booth, and I picked up. I've been looking. I've been. Like I kn- I knew I was going to end up getting it eventually, and I don't know why I waited so long. But I picked up Humblewood, the campaign setting, anthropomorphic animals. Like, come on, man, I'm a sucker. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So I picked up that, and then you can blame Troy for me getting a, the game master screen. By the way, because I was not going to buy a GM screen, so Girk, Troy sold me on getting one. But let me tell you this though, that that screen is phenomenal. Yeah. It's it doesn't just look good. Yeah, tell them about it, Troy. It's packed. I mean, because, you know, I don't use DM screens at all. Um, I got the one for mazes because, you know, it's a new system. I don't know it as, I don't know it as well. And at one point, Zach made a comment a while back where he wouldn't mind having DM screens to then put up, because he plays all of his games online, but to mm-hmm. put up on his desk while he's running the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense because just – it's a resource. Yeah. Um, I don't like screens because they block my my view of the table and my yeah. ability to get to the table and stuff like that. But in that instance, I don't have a table to get to. It's just my computer. So, but this this Humblewood screen, it has it has all of the info on the D on the on the Watsi screen. Mm-hmm. Plus a hundred times more. I mean, it oh, is man, just, it's so it is dense, packed, well, and it's all the stuff that you want and you need. So it's not it's not a bunch of little little pictures of the of the the conditions and things like that that takes up a ton of room and everything. It's it's concise. It's it looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, if if I were to use a screen, it would look like that. I'll be honest with you. You could use since it's five e. You could probably use it for your D yeah, games yeah. because most, if not all of it. Well, I mean, there's like there's obviously Humblewood specific stuff in there. Like I think they've got like a quick name generator and a couple of like things about backgrounds and things like that for some of the 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 character species and races and stuff like that. But there's just not there's very little wasted space. You know, like to yeah. Troy's point, there aren't. There's one little three inch by four inch area on the, the G- GM side of the screen where it's like just uh, an image, right? It's, it's canned eye candy, but they reduced the fonts of things. They, yeah. they tightened things up and they crammed as much information as they possibly could in there. This thing is a reference. Right? That's, yeah. and that's exactly what, that's really what your GM screen, that side of the GM screen to me, I don't need a single image. I just need 
Uh, it needs to be colored well to where things pop and stand out and apart from things. But otherwise, I just need a reference guide to the things that I'm going to end up using throughout the throughout the, the session. Most, yeah, and yeah. and that's I think that's what uh, Hit Point Press has done with their Humblewood DM screen. So if I were to ever go full on into Humblewood, I've got some of their stuff. And if I was going to run a game in person or mm-hmm. online, I would probably get that. Uh, probably get that screen to have uh have handy yep but um let's see so what else do we get here so, oh god you can't go by alphineas's booth without picking something up god help me i should have known better we went by uh by all the gooey cube uh booth several times over the course of the weekend just to like to touch base with them because just alphineas is great and mike's great yeah mike's i'm gonna say mike's great and so it's just a treat going by you want to like you again talking about passionate creators they're so into the stuff that they're making and so that was just it was i hate to use the word but like it's just a blessing to be like around people that are that into the stuff that they're working on and it's good too and it's really really infectious and so it's sunday i have already got a ton of gooey cube stuff and uh, I walked by and, and Alphineas is like, he pitches so freaking hard. Oh, my friends, come here. Let's, let's, I got, I have, uh, do you have this? What about that? Like Alphineas, it's, it's, it's me. It's okay. You can like, it's, uh, and yes. Yeah, and yes, I, I do need that thing. So I picked up the East Verdestia book and uh, a, a map set, a map pack that came with it too. So, yeah. and I mean, it, it doesn't disappoint. This thing is absolutely gorgeous. It's just top of the line. Everything that's in it. Um, oh, the maps are it, beautiful. It's all. It's. I mean, it's well, just you premium. See, you can see some of the map in the picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that map that's in the picture is is the one that comes with the main book. Right. The map packs is something entirely separate. Which I've opened that up since then and took a took taking a look through it, and they're just they're all phenomenal, full color. Yeah. Beautiful artwork. It's really great. Um. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, my buddy. Uh, my buddy Mike. Plemons, oh. shout out to Mike. Came by the booth uh, as a buddy of mine from work and uh, gave this gift to me, and it was uh, completely uh, just. I'm floored by it. These are the the, the so you have the, the three books in the uh, booklets really from OD OD and D from the white box set. I do not have those, but now I have the other five. Mm-hmm. So I got a copy of Blackmore Eldritch Wizardry. Greyhawk, gods, demigods, and heroes, uh, and uh, swords and spells for OD and D. And so now I didn't have any intention of g- have getting the white box booklets, but I do now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saving up my pennies now for that one, and uh, I'll put a, have a place of high honor for those for those booklets. Oh man! And then we went by the the free league booth and just. Uh, uh, Doug's like, what do you need? And I'm like, and I just went ahead. I went friggin' wild. And I said, I'll take this and I'll take that. Literally, it was me going, you know what? I want the Alien RPG. I want the Colonial Marines Operation Manual. I want the Tales from the Loop board game, the One Ring starter set, a couple of sets of dice. I want the GM screen for the One Ring. I got the role playing. I've been holding off on getting the book because I knew that it would be like, at the very least, a way for me to kind of interact and, and kind of like strike up a conversation with with Doug and be like, Hey, I'm, we're playing. Finally, our, our, our buddy Ulysses is running a game. and I'm super excited about it. And I don't, I've, I've got a PDF, but I don't have a physical book, you know, just kind of like get the, 
get the wheels turning, but it was pointless because Doug's just so friggin' easy to talk to anyway. So it's mm-hmm. just, a, just a lame excuse for me to wait until origins to pick up a copy, but I got the one ring, uh, the, the, uh, the camp, the book, the main book. And then I also got, uh, death in space. I got the a, the a five format, hard, hard cover death in space. Their, their mother, their mothership esque, uh, four, uh, four, uh, a into, uh, into the unknown. And then I got a copy, the last copy, the display copy the of display Twilight copy. 2000 and baby, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> that is friggin' awesome. Mm. uh more dice more uh, more dice more dice more dice and then i got just like so i got a lot of stuff got a lot of stuff what, what did you pick up troy did you uh did you pick up anything uh, that like kind of stood out to you outside of what you've already kind of covered uh well at the free league booth i also uh i picked up i had the last still wrapped copy yeah of twilight 2000 you got the nice nice i did got the nice nice I, I sneaked it right off from John. I was like, nope, bye. <laughs> um, I got, uh, I think it's easier if I just say I have, I have Simbarum now. Mm, you sure do. I you mean, literally have Simbarum. I have all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I even have some of the uh, Kickstarter exclusive that I missed out on uh, maps and cloth maps and, mm-hmm. and uh, cards and things like that. So I've got all of Simbarum now. Um, I picked up for Zach, uh, cause he was, he was stuck at the booth. So I wanted to grab him some stuff. So I got him all of the Coriolis books mm-hmm. that he was wanting because now apparently from what Zach was telling me, uh, Coriolis is Arabian nights in space is kind Ooh. of like the thing. Yeah. I didn't know that. And there was some kind of a weird um, copyright thing or something going on. And that's why Coriolis was coming out so slowly. Mm. But now that is like the, the, the time frame or whatever, all the I's are dotted and the T's are now crossed. And Free League is going to be pushing heavy into Coriolis stuff content. That's awesome. So, uh, Zach. I got that stuff so that Zach had it, picked it up for him, um, which now means I will probably pick some up too. Mm-hmm. I'll wait till Gen Con. I'll grab some Coriolis and then I'll also grab s- some more of the uh, uh, aliens stuff. Yeah, I didn't even get everything. Yeah, there's just so much. I mean, they're just p- putting out such awesome content. And it it's, I mean, it just looks good, so man. good. Um, it's so freaking good. I did go by the the Wet Ink booth. Um, I talked about one of their Kickstarters a while back, mm-hmm. Into the Weird and Wild, and I picked up their new their new compendium called uh, The Grim Harvest and other tales. Mm. And the, basically, all what this is, it, I mean. The, the, the end of the weird and wild and, and this, you know, the setting and everything it's, it's the forest primeval and their catchphrase is perfect. The forest does not care about you. Mm-hmm. Done. I that. And I mean, it, the artwork, it, it, it just got this really rough, creepy feel to it. Um, so yeah, I got into that, and also they have this never going home. Oh yeah, jealous. They've got quite a bit of this. 
um, published. I just went ahead and got the core book. And it's, uh, the world is already at war. Now the veil has been torn. The whispers promise you power. You may live long enough to lose your humanity. Mm -hmm. And it's set in World War II. And, I mean, the book is freaking gorgeous. And I'm not even going to show anybody on the screen. You guys go find it yourself. <laughs> but uh, it's just great stuff. Um, really, really, really good looking stuff. Uh, what else we got? Um, yeah, there's more some bomb. More of this, more of that. Um, you know what? This is kind of running long, so I'm going to do this real quick. One of the individuals we talked to, uh, Jack. Jack Birkenstock um, came by the booth, and he wanted to talk to us about um, Save versus Fear out of uh, mm. out of Philly. And uh, he is with the the Bodhana Group. Um, I will put this in the doobly doo, um, but he works with uh, kids of trauma. He's a therapist and has been doing this for 25 years, and he uses role-playing games in his therapy. And he's he's written a couple books. Um, Wizards, Warriors, and Wellness. The Therapeutic Application of Role-Playing Games. He's also got one, I don't recall the title, but it's for board games. Um, And it it just kind of goes through and and helps you understand how uh, role-playing games can be used for so many awesome awesome applications other than just sitting around a table with your friends having fun Mm -hmm. Um, i think one of the things i really appreciate about the book if i could recall correctly is that he uses it as a way to pitch to organizations to to, like if you're working for a school or yeah uh, you know for your workplace or something like that for them to promote and to adopt the use of ttrpgs in um in uh some of their the therapeutic programs that they're they've already got in place uh, it's the way that he, it's the way that it's laid out is, is in, almost in presentation mode too, where it's not just informational for you, but it's also it's uh, instructional or instructional for you, but also uh, presentational uh, for yes. others for you to be able to promote it, which is really yeah, great. That was really cool. So uh, I ho- I hope that we can uh, reconnect with Jack and his organization, and if not, go out to um, save versus fear. At least do something to support them. Um, again, check out the Bodhana group. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a great, great uh, cause. Um, he's trying to get into as many institutions and schools and therapy centers as he possibly can. And it's a, it's a really cool thing. And that's, I think that's my biggest takeaway of the entire convention. It's probably my biggest takeaway of every convention if, if they're good. And it's just the, abs- the, the, the wonderful connections that we make. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked about Doug and Chris and Isaac and, and Justin and, and all these people that we've talked to. Craig from Black Oak Workshop, um, the guy from yeah. Van Ryder Games, talking about uh, Last Girl. Was that the name of it? Yeah, Last Girl. Uh, sold out. Final by Girl. The time, Final by, Girl. Final Girl. By oh, the time yeah. John got there, the game was already sold out. I was bummed, man. Um, I waited way too long. Yeah, so there's that. There's uh, yeah, the guys from Alchemy. Uh, Tyler Stratton, who we had on the show. Not too long ago, talking you know, Limithron, talking about uh, Pirate Borg, mm-hmm. and we also talked to talked to Nicole Lindrews over at uh, Green Ronin for quite a while. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, that was great. Um, I, I really want to get her on the show, too. That was yeah. absolutely fascinating. Talked a little bit about one of my favorites, undersung uh, RPG campaign settings for 5e that Troy picked up, too. Tell them, about, tell them about it, Troy. Oh, my gosh. This is why I didn't back this when, when you talked about it. Man. I don't know. I'm dumb. But it is. Come on. Oh, the, the Lost Citadel. The Lost Citadel. Now, the the pitch that she gave is basically all the dead that have ever died come back. Mm-hmm. And they erupt from the gates of hell. The, yeah. the, the gates of hell become unhinged. And they just spew forth. And there ends up being only one civilization or one, one bas- last bastion of, mm-hmm. of hope. And that's the Dwarven Kingdom. And uh, all of the other races all the other people that have remained are like banging on the doors let us in let us in and the dwarves are like you know we've got some space we can let them in because they're good they're good people because they're good people and then you know no no good deed goes unpunished and things turn really bad inside the city mm-hmm. and so you can there's different ways that you can play this game this this setting it's you can play the internal conflict within the city, um, and you can do a very you know uh, class versus class, social social class versus social mm-hmm. class kind of thing. Um, survive, you know, city survival. Yeah, it's kind of a the a, the aspect is like if you've ever watched the movie or the show Snowpiercer, the haves yes. versus the have-nots are massive differences, and yes. dwarves have been. Their, their, the city was over. They were overthrown by the the races, the people that they brought in. To, they saved. They were overthrown by them and were all enslaved. And so there are two kinds of dwarves. There's a free dwarf, and then there's an indentured dwarf that's in there. So there's like an a rebellion aspect to it too, where you could have an entire thread or an arc for your character or for the entire campaign, which is all about overthrowing the existing government and going back to you know, the Dwarven Kingdom or something else or, or whatever. It's, it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah, you could do that. Or you can just, you could, you could be one of the, they don't call them Rangers. What do they call them? The, oh, like the Scouts. Like, the Scouts. Uh, yeah. They, they get sent out mm-hmm. past the city gates and stuff to go find uh, supplies and food and everything. And, of course, the undead are all around trying to get mm-hmm. in. And so it's just kind of a cat and mouse kind of thing which is really cool um yeah so it was really really neat um the big thing the big takeaway from green ronin and uh speaking with uh nicole she is going to she wants to put together something from creators uh to help spotlight uh game found mm-hmm. um as a place to do crowdfunding for games and not have to rely on Kickstarter so much because Kickstarter is still the big kid on the block, even yeah. though there's, you know, people have issues with the whole uh, NFT uh, blockchain thing going on. But even you know, outside of that, you look at you look at Kickstarter and how monstrous it is. Mm-hmm. Compared to everything else, you want to do a game, you want to do it on on GameFound. It is, it is a fraction of what you would do on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be that way. 
it should be a little more e- maybe yeah maybe you, you'll always get a little bit more off a of Kickstarter but the the difference should not be that expansive mm-hmm. and so she's trying to do stuff to help narrow that gap a little bit so that was really interesting to talk to her about and uh, and she's she would be uh, a good guest I think mm-hmm. to have on to talk about that kind of stuff um, outside of outside anything else about the con itself john that you were excited about or that uh yeah my the my best part about the con was the people oh, you know, I, I uh playing games is one thing running games is another being an exhibitor is something and like just going from even like going from booth to booth is always a single serving interaction with people and as meaningful and as great as those things are man it just the, what makes the the difference is the people that you're there with in the first place and so that was the best thing it was troy and zach and joe rasso and andrew b and uh andrew h and janine and mike and dave b and my son and uh i think that's everybody right Sh- shadow, shadow zach shadow zach thank you and shadow zach that was great too because i got to i got to like not only meet shadow zach but uh, spend some really good time with him and you know just the the camaraderie it's, it, it was a, a smaller tighter group I think than what we usually get with Baldwin where we're kind of like we're all going in a thousand different directions to different tables and different times and stuff like that but the way that Zach worked it out with the scheduling we were all pretty much done around the same time every single day and that gave us an opportunity to go up into the hotel and, and relax in a space where you know we're playing games with each other having a couple drinks uh, talking BS and stuff like that. And so that was getting yelled after at. a really great day. Every single evening was great too. Yeah. Every uh, afternoon was great. Did you mention Greg? Greg, thank you. I knew I'd end up forgetting somebody. Yeah, Greg was there too. It was just, we had a, a cadre of really, really talented individuals that are phenomenal storytellers. And that's really cool. You know, like those are the, those are kind of, the, it was just top to bottom, right? And the people made the difference. Games are great. But they're, it's just a, they're nothing without the people to play them with. And, um, you know, I got a chance to collaborate with Joe and, and Andrew on, a, on an adventure that we've been working on, writing and putting together with one another. And their insights are great. And took those back to the table and talked with a couple of other people. Janine has been f- incredibly helpful. And just, it's, it was, that's the best part of the whole thing is just the people that I get to go and spend the time, and, the most time with. And speaking of Janine, we got to meet uh, Kendall. Yeah, that's right. Right on. Kendall was there, one of her, one of Janine's sons, and we'll meet Oscar at Gen Con. Apparently, we'll meet so. Oscar at Gen Con. Yeah, yep. that's right. Um, yep. Yeah, I I have to echo that. It, the The people are are awesome. Mm-hmm. We had we had a cool crew. I will say, also a downside to Origins this time around for me was the people in that I didn't get to see mm-hmm. some of the people that I usually do. And that was that, you know, it, it bummed me out. Uh, I didn't get to make it to uh, the Baldwin games area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a fraction of, of mm-hmm. like you know, maybe like five minutes, I got to, I got to come in because then I got called away for something else. Um, didn't get to talk to Les. got to talk yeah. to Krishna. Uh, Dave stopped by the booth. Um, Got to talk to Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to say hi to Mary. <laughs> it was very uh, brief, but I did yeah, see Mary. Mary. Mary came by the booth and talked to us for a little bit. Um, she threatened me with her cane. That was Good. cool. 
Excellent. Yeah. So it's not a con unless you get threatened by Mary for being right, a numbskull. Right. And uh, and so that was that was cool. I mean, at least at least you know, I didn't get my full on bald man uh, crew fix, but there was there was there was some there. Hopefully, I'll be able to remedy that a little bit at Gen Con. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was that was kind. Of, not, I mean, I'm not saying it was a downside. It was just, it was a bummer that I didn't yeah. see them. Again, um, I'm, I'm, I'll echo the same thing. They're just there's too little, too little time, not enough of me to go around, and like I want to spend so much more time with everybody. Yeah, and so you're, could, rob, you're constantly robbing Peter to pay Paul sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, meeting meeting new people. Um, oddly enough, we're becoming recognized by some locals. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Um, so yeah. It uh, is a great experience. Uh, loved mm-hmm. every minute of it. Well, I shouldn't say that. I did not love tearing down. Oh yeah, did not love tearing down. They Bless told you. they told us we had a half an hour to get the booth tore down and loaded. Um, and you I, took them. You took them seriously. I took them seriously, like a, <laughs> like an idiot, and uh, was loading the van in a downpour. That mm-hmm. was that was not fun. Um, and it, it got so hot that day too. It was yeah, yeah. That was the day whenever it finally the, heat the, fi- that heat the front finally was coming through. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but no, it was it was a great experience. It was a good time. Um, and I and I cannot, I can't express enough how much I enjoyed getting to spend time with the people that were associated with Wagdi. Um, some of which, some of whom I have spent time with in the past, others uh, I've never gotten to really talk to in person, face to face. And it was just, it was all around. It was just awesome. Um, here, here. The 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 biggest letdown is it uh, it ended. Hmm. Yep. The aftercon. The aftercon blues. Blases. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Well summarized, I think. Just a lot, man. An hour. We've gone at it for a little over an hour, hour and a half with some stops and starts, but, and there's just so much to cover. There's so much to cover. There's so, we did so much in five days and it went just, it was like, we, I blinked my eyes. It was over. I can't wait for the next one. Yep. Which is not too far away for Gen Con. Nope. Less than 60 days. Yeah. And, uh, so my, my, I'm going to, Endeavor to take pictures of all of my haul, mm-hmm. and I uh, get them posted on the uh, on the in the in the Discord for everybody. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of yep. I think that's about it. Takes care of it. So yeah, we will uh, we will see you hopefully uh, Sunday for our next episode. Uh, crowdfunding corner. But to say we're past due on a crowdfunding corner. We're past due. We, we missed some doozies out there. I, I oh, ended up picking yeah. them up anyway, but we may have to have like a a post mortem on some of the ones that we that, that we didn't we, yeah that we got but didn't get get a, a chance to talk about on the show for sure because there were some there were some good ones out there. Yes, yes, there was. Uh, real quick, uh, Aurora from uh, Ghostfire Games only has three days as of this recording. So yeah, you better get it. Get you better on it. get it. But uh, yeah. other than that, John, I think that's it. I'm good. 
so for those of you, thanks for joining us, everybody in chat, everybody at home that are listening on the podcast. This very chaotic but very heartfelt uh, rent, uh, edition of uh, of Geeks Can't. Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you or for you to see or hear us here soon. Um, yeah. And next time we'll even have Zach. Maybe. It depends. After this one, he may not want to come back. That's, he may not want to be associated. That's, so. that's fair. We'll see. Yep. But anyway, so for for uh, for myself and for uh, for Zach, uh, Troy, why don't you go ahead and take us out? I thought you, I thought that's what you were doing. You were leading into the takeout. I am leading into the takeout. The te- the, the the exit would be uh, to follow us on Facebook and all of our other social medias. And Twitch. all the other stuff that's in the bumper. Yeah, Twitch. All the stuff that's in the bumper. All, uh, yeah, Twitch, Facebook, Discord. That's the best place to to hang out with yeah. us because you can hang out with us anytime you want on Discord yeah. and the rest of the crew that uh, usually hangs out in chat. Um, get on there and yell at us. Mm-hmm. All that all that information is down there in the doobly-doo. Uh, with that, play great games, everybody. And I hope everybody stays safe out there. Be kind to one another. And be nice to each other. Yeah. Wheaton's Law. Wheaton Law. That's right. Don't be a D. Don't be a D. Have a good night, everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, Give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.